This is Seeking Sustainability Live. I'm JJ Walsh, based in Hiroshima, Japan. And in this episode, I'm talking with Tina McCarthy, who's an entrepreneur in Melbourne, Australia, running Wheel Women, empowering women to get on their bicycles, improve their health, and improve their community and lives. Hi, thanks for joining today. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you want to learn more about the work that I do, check out inboundambassador.com. And you can also find me on buymeacoffee.com slash JJ Walsh to get some bonus information and insights from the series. I'm so happy to be on your first ever broadcast. Thank you for inviting me. Well, thank you, because we've had a big morning this morning with you teaching me how to use this. And so I guess um, I didn't really expect to be doing this this afternoon. It was not on my to-do list. And uh, so I kind of had to drop everything that I was doing when you said, so why don't we do one, you know, today? And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, what, what kind of teacher would I be if I just gave you all the information without supporting you while you try to do it. So I feel great about it. I, I think yeah. it's going to be awesome. And, I, <laughs> and actually, if, if you were the kind of teacher that just gave me a list of things to do, I'd have never read it. I'd have just closed the book and said, not too hard. So actually seeing um, and getting the instructions live was just so much easier. So oh, let's hope I don't mess it up. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you're not going to. You're already doing stellar job. Love it. Uh, we've got Get Hiroshima here. Best way to do it, just jump in. Thanks, Get Hiroshima. <laughs> awesome. So um, I think, Joy, it'd be really great if maybe um, I kind of see today as being a bit of a collaboration between what we both do and just a bit of a chat. And um, I titled this Cycling Friends in Japan. And um, I, I think there's some really great things in there that we can touch on um, as um, two people who have got this kind of shared, weird shared experience um, with Japan and also with cycling. So um, how about we just start with a bit of an introduction about each sounds, other? So sounds great. I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> okay. I'm JJ Walsh. I'm based in Hiroshima, Japan. I've lived in Japan for many, many years and call it my home, raised two kids here, and uh, it's been raining all day. That's my reality today. Yeah. Lots of laundry. Might have to go to coin laundry later. <laughs> so this has obviously been your rainy day project. <laughs> well, it was great talking to you and get you up on all your live stuff on a rainy day. Yeah. I got a bit cold. I had my cycling jersey on in honor of you earlier, but I had to change. Um, <laughs> we did a fantastic talk in my talk show series. Uh, I wonder if I have a picture of the one that we did and all about your wheel women cycling and bringing cyclists, group of women over to Japan. And uh, I know you've got a place in Onomichi. So we've never met in person. But I yeah. feel like we we've met many times as if we were in person. I feel like I know you, even though I've never met you. It's weird, isn't it? How you know this whole virtual world has has just made everything come so much closer, and um, all of a sudden you have this group of friends who um, 
you know, you might never have met them, but you can feel so incredibly um, like close to them and bonded because of these weird experiences online that you go through or even just conversations, you know, e even through Messenger on Facebook and things like that. Um, incredible friendships can be developed. And, and last year, obviously, and still this year, um, has been an amazing um I guess, change for a lot of people, the way that works in their lives um, certainly has for me. So I met you guys last year. So, um, yeah, that's pretty weird. <laughs> and, and you'd been in Hiroshima, but we hadn't met before last year, before talking online. And yeah. you, you've got a great backstory. Let's hear about your story, how you got started with what you're doing. Yeah, so I, I spent, um, you know, the best part of my adult, adult life as a graphic designer and art director. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a great industry to work in and um, I got to work in some amazing jobs and I did a lot of work in the fashion field. So um, I guess I was in some ways the envy of a lot of my friends because I was always at fashion shoots and, um, you know, meeting nice models and everything but it, you know it's like any job you get tired of it you get burnout and um you know I think it was probably timely when my son was born that you know I of course I, I had that ideal of uh, you know it'll be fine I'll just work from home and you know he can just be in the background and I, I'll be able to work and not a problem but of course as most mothers realize that's just about impossible um and uh, gradually my work just you know started to decline because I just couldn't manage it and so I, I I guess I had quite a few years out of it and uh I, I when I thought I might go back when my son was old enough um I started to do a master's of communication because I actually thought uh perhaps I would reignite my design career by doing a master's but I, I felt like doing that might helped me get a little bit more in touch with what was happening at the current time. And um, I remember one of the first subjects that I did in that was entrepreneurship and we had to choose a topic that we were going to talk about. It happened to coincide with just at the time when I was getting into cycling and a lot, just about all of my projects I was doing, I was realising that what is this with cycling? You know, it, it, there is nothing there for women and this is crazy crazy you know all these ads have got these either 16 year old you know blonde flicky ponytail girls that look like they've never been on a bicycle before or they've got blokes or guys and to me it just didn't resonate at all so I wrote a lot about that in my uh, the beginning of my master's and so of course when this idea of com coming up with an idea for entrepreneurship um, I said, how about we, we do something with women's cycling because there is nothing there for women. And this ho whole idea of um, where women was born just because I wanted some people to ride with because every time I'd go for a bike ride, I had nobody who wanted to be there and nobody to share it with. And I just wanted to tell the whole world about how great cycling is. And so... So that's kind of where Wheel Women stemmed from. And I remember doing this project and the lecturer at the end of it, um, you know, we totally blitzed it and he said, so you are going to do this, aren't you? And I was cool. like, well, no. That's a good teacher. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a graphic designer. And he said, if you don't do this, you're crazy. So anyway, the rest is history. And um, eight and a half, well, actually more, yeah, 
eight and a half years on uh, where women are still going and uh, getting more and more women on bikes all the time. And, in fact, last year was crazy for um, women wanting to ride. So we're just trying to play a bit of catch up with that now because, of course, we couldn't run lessons, we couldn't run rides, but um, we're getting back into it now. So that kind of sums me up. That was a long-winded way of telling you, really. No, no, that was awesome. And then when we did the interview in the series, you were on a very strict lockdown. You were only allowed out like an hour a day or something, right, for exercise? Yeah. Oh, that was was crazy and of course all of the photos are coming back in through my memories on um f photos and facebook <laughs> looking back thinking oh how did we do that but yeah we had months of um we had one hour of exercise a day we couldn't go beyond five kilometers from our house and uh we could um we could only go to the shops like one person from the family could go to the shop um it was really tough and of course for somebody who's used to cycling you know maybe 200 kilometers a week um that was killing me because it was so hard to go anywhere and uh but where you know australia's really come through this incredibly well and uh we're in a position now where um we're pretty much virus free and life is going back pretty much to normal so wow. we've been a lot of um, American like uh, talk show hosts are talking about being so jealous of the Australian New Zealand bubble that you guys are going to start uh, easier travel between. Is that has yeah. that started already? Yeah, that's already started. So wow. uh, you can actually travel to New Zealand now without quarantining. You they can know. come here and no need to quarantine because we're both the only cases we've got are basically within um, hotel quarantine occasionally there might be a little bit of an escape there was last week in western australia but um the government is so quick on jumping on it and locking down immediately and um a lot of people have talked about our chief um chief health officer or chief medical officer who right at the beginning of all of this said when this happens you have to go hard and you have to go fast and so that's pretty much what the government did and um it worked um, we're living we're living life pretty normally now. So, no problem. Uh, we have Mercy Minor joining from Kumamoto. Thanks for joining, yeah. Mercy. Nice to see you. Awesome. When you did your cycling in Japan, have you ever been around Kyushu at all? Did you go around Kumamoto? Uh, no, I have been to Kyushu, but uh, no cycling there. Unfortunately, we stayed with friends there and. Oh, we experienced a typhoon that was um, such an anticlimax. We were slightly, slightly disappointed because in Australia we don't really get them and we really wanted to see what it was like. But, um, no, it, it didn't really happen for us. It was just a really windy time and we went to um, Mount Aso and, um, yeah, we just kind of hung around. It was great. So I'm really keen to go back there and do some cycling because, um there are some fantastic little islands and also um, I, I remember when we were at um, Mount Aso and we were looking down on this amazing valley and my husband and I were both saying that looks like awesome cycling through there. So I think we'll be back. And Paul is saying, why not share my Kumamoto cycling story? 
I'm not sure if that's the one where I kept falling sideways off the bicycle because I wasn't used to clip-ins. That um, might have been the trip that every time I stopped, I forgot I was in clip-ins and I would just teeter over and fall. <laughs> that was quite humorous. Luckily, I never got hurt. Yeah. A moped, yeah. I got hit by a moped. Oh, wow. And, uh, he was very keen to get away. I had a couple broken spokes, I think, nothing major. But he was like, just take this. And it was Ichimayen. And luckily, I could get it fixed for a few thousand yen. So it wasn't so bad. But yeah, it was a eye-opener to um, keeping your eyes open when you're going even on the right away through a, an intersection. Always a good idea. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's I think that's a, an issue that lots of um, lots of women talk about is uh, safety when they're cycling and probably one of the most common things I hear from women who are interested or they hear what I do they think well I'd love to ride my bike but it's just not safe enough and um, okay maybe maybe there are certain situations that are, that are not safe but that's what we're, women is all about and that's what we do is we give women skills to actually help them deal with that and build confidence. Because if you can build confidence as a cyclist, all of a sudden you become so much safer because you're predictable, um, you know you know how to deal with different scenarios. So um, it, it's a shame that, you know, some women feel that way and it's, um, it's my mission in life to kind of break down those barriers a little bit and tell them that, no, you can do this. Oh, there's a crazy picture. <laughs> I'm showing some of your photos. I love these so much. Yeah. But that, that photo was actually taken in uh, Okinawa. And, oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, we have Moose. Moose1032 has joined us. Thanks for joining. Oh, Paul says he fell off the side of Mount Asa with his clip-ins. Oh, that's a bad one. I yeah. forgot about that. Well, as long as he didn't fall into Mount Arso. Yeah, that would be bad. Yeah. Um, did you have a video you want to introduce yeah. what you're doing and show the video? So this video is uh, one from our, one of our Japan tours. I thought we'd have a look at it and um, let's see if we can um, just get this up on the screen. Whoa. I'll get rid of that. Thank so, you.
That's great, Tina. Yeah. So. Very nice. Yeah. So uh, let me just, yeah, thank you. Um, was that all one trip that you did or was that like multiple trips? But Yeah, that, that was just one trip that we did in 2018. And uh, we were um, very lucky on that trip because the Shimanami Kaido event ride was on. And because I'd kind of been working with uh, the Hiroshima government for a little while, uh, talking about cycling and talking about trying to bring more people over there for Shimanami Kado, uh, we actually got an invitation to attend the event. And uh, that was pretty special because I was also asked to do a presentation at the Shimanami Cycling Summit. And uh, I felt really like, yeah, yeah, that's that's no problem. But it wasn't until I actually got there and I realised, oh, my God, what have I got myself in for? Because I was expecting there to be, you know, 50 or 100 people. But I walk into this room and, you know, there's like a 1,000 people sitting there and um, all these tables set up like the United Nations. And I was right at the front and, you know, name tags and interpreters, headgear. And and I was just, I suddenly panicked and thought, oh, I can't do this. <laughs> but I, I did. And, um, you know, I, I started off with speaking some Japanese and that was kind of like the, the, the bit that um, kind of broke through. Everyone was suddenly like, whoa, this is great. So it was an incredible experience to do that, but it was also an incredible experience for the women who were riding because um, there were TV crews following them, interviewing them, um, wanting to take photos for the local paper. So the whole thing was just so exciting. And um, to this day, I think it was like, you know, three of the best, three or four of the best days of my life. It was just so exciting and we felt so honoured to be there and so um, so welcomed as well, which I think was probably the biggest thing for me um, to just feel that, that warmth from so many people in Hiroshima and Onomichi and Imabari. It was, it was an incredible experience. That's awesome. Uh, we have Louise joining us from New Zealand. Uh, so you and Louise could actually visit each other now. You guys are in yeah. that tourism bubble. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know Louise, but yeah, we could. <laughs> <laughs> Louise has been doing some great tour guiding online on HAPS and, and Twitter and YouTube and loads of places. Yeah. We, yeah. we did a talk together as well. She's also been in Japan um as a travel guide so that's fun yeah cool and and you know that's one of the things that i love doing about um the wheel women tours is i get the opportunity to show people what i love and um you know to take them to places that have just been so magical for me and um you know even like looking at one of those photo photographs there at the the bicycle temple um you know, what a great place, what a hidden little place it is, but how exciting to to go to a place where all of a sudden the bicycle is, is so reverent. <laughs> that just wouldn't happen here. We love it. Um, yeah, so, so many incredible opportunities and, and um, experiences that the women have. Yeah. And uh, we talked about it in the Shimanami cycle that you and Paul, my husband, were talking about all the great places along the route and where to start and what to pack. That was a great conversation. We did that twice, right? 
One yeah. from the Onomichi side and then one from the Ehime side on the other side of the bridges? Yeah, that's right. And and that's part of what we do at Will Women too is, um, it, you know, it's all very well to say let's go on a tour to Japan or, or anywhere else, but part of what we do as a, as a group who um, or an organisation who helps women find their way through cycling, we actually teach them how to pack, what to take, um, what kind of gear they need, um, how to pack their bike into a box if they need to, how to rebuild their bike at the other end. And some of those things are really challenging for some women and they just think, I couldn't do it because I just couldn't, I just couldn't build my bike at the other end. And, and for some of them, the fear factor gets so big before the tour about you know this whole idea of having to rebuild their bike but we just break it down step by step we do some classes beforehand and we show them even how to use a rinko bag which a, a rinko bag is really i think unique to japan maybe um we certainly don't have them here but for anyone watching who doesn't know what it is when you when you take your bicycle on a train um there's my lovely pink bike in onomichi um when you take your bike on a train in Japan, you have to have it packed up. So it has to be completely covered. And that often means that you have to take the wheels off and pack it all into a bag. Sometimes you have to turn your handlebars as well. Um, and using a Rinko can be cha really challenging for some people. Um, it's really not that hard, but we, yeah, we try and break it down, make it easy for everyone. That's great. Um, no matter how hard you cry, they will not let you take a bicycle on a train in Japan without a bag. Yeah. <laughs> and believe me, I, I know that from experience. I have cried and uh, <laughs> wanted to get on the train with my bicycle with two small children and it didn't happen. So, yeah. yeah, very strict. <laughs> and, and, and even if you have the saddle poking out sometimes, they, they will just do that, no, 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 <laughs> yeah. because that happened to me. And, um, yeah, I had to um, pull the saddle out and um, pack it in the bag and, yeah, then I was allowed to get on the train. So yeah, they're pretty strict about it. Yeah. But then uh, I wasn't thinking clearly either. And, and then I realised, well, I'll just take the train home with the kids and come back by car and put my bicycle in the back of my car so luckily i i was able to logically work it out somehow <laughs> and always right in the end everything was fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's funny because i i think like in hawaii we can just put our bicycles right on the front of the bus or yeah. you know, there's areas of the world where you could put it, roll it right onto the train. So I guess I just didn't expect that it would be as strict as it was, you know? Yeah, and, and that's the same here. You know, we just roll straight onto the train with our bikes and it's no problem. Um, obviously, you can't get on um, to certain carriages in peak hour, but generally, yeah, we just jump straight on and it's no problem at all. No Rinko bags. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, I even tried to buy a Rinko bag here and impossible to even find anything similar. Um, so we had to purchase them when we got to. In fact, it was kind of a weird story and you posted a photo. I'll see if I can just find it again um, of my friend Takuma. And Takuma has been an awesome help with these tours. Um, here's a picture of um if I can get Takuma up. Um, he's been an awesome help because that, that's him with the green sleeve. Uh, he actually runs a bike shop in Higashi Hiroshima uh, called uh, Goodspeed. And he 
actually purchased a whole bunch of Rinko bags for our group. And when we arrived in Onamichi, he met us at the hotel and he handed out everyone their Rinko bags and we all paid him on the day. So he was just fantastic to help us with that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and speaking of Hiroshima, before we move to the other areas, uh, Rekka has met me for a ride and, of course, she's part of your Wheel Woman group and a fantastic cyclist. Yeah. So we've got a picture of Rekka somewhere. Yeah. I just found it. Yeah. And, and Rekka is another person who I have never met, but I feel like I know her and um, have, you know, developed this relationship with her um, because of this shared love of cycling. And I actually first came across her on uh, Instagram and saw these photos she was posting and I thought, wow, this is so cool. And um, then somebody actually sent me a, a link to her Facebook page as well of Lady Cyclist in Japan and I was really taken with her because she's got such a um you know a really great sense of humor she doesn't take herself seriously and um she just loves to get on her bike and ride and have adventure yeah I love and that she is so fun to cycle with like yeah. it was I cycled with her and another woman from Hiroshima we all met for a ride and uh, my son was there and my son said to me you know, when you're with those two, you're the quiet one, mom. <laughs> Which is so unusual for him to ever see. But, yeah. yeah, so, you know, and it's one of the things I really wanted to talk about too today was, um, you know, we've, we've titled this Cycling Friends in Japan. And, and I think um, one of the things that... Um, I guess we, you know, we're we're talking about cycling all the time and cycling, 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 and um, there's a lot of emphasis about you know it being a sport and about it being um, you know this physical activity, but it's just so much more than that. And um, for me, you know, bikes have really been this incredible gateway to a whole other world that I could never have imagined. And so part of taking women to Japan on the tours was actually about showing them this, this whole idea that, you know, a bike doesn't mean, riding a bike doesn't mean that you have to be out there every day doing X amount of, you know, kilometres or X amount of speed or climbing up X amount of hills. And for some people that ticks their boxes and, and that's fine and I appreciate that because in my early days of cycling, certainly those were the things that, made me really excited was you know how fast can I go how far can I go but I guess now that I've done some of those things and I'm I'm older as well I, you know what excites me most of all is is the adventure that awaits and the bicycle has just been this incredible gateway to adventure and I think women need to realize that that they shouldn't be limiting their idea of cycling to just be being something that uh you know is in their their local neighborhood because um it, you know once once you use the bicycle for adventure and those experiences of seeing other lands and other places the incredible people you meet as well um i think it just goes to breaking down some of the fears that perhaps some women can have about being stuck at home or um, can't get out of, you know, certain relationships or they need a break from certain jobs and all of those sorts of things. But 
it builds their confidence at the same time and um, every little step that they take when they're uh, when they're on the bike and ex experiencing this sense of adventure I think is one little extra little ounce of confidence and uh, you know that's why I just keep saying the bike is this gateway to incredible adventure it has been for me and um, most of these photos that I've um, got for today is about the incredible people I've I've met, including you, of course. Um, even though we've never met, really. <laughs> no, we've never met, but you've you've inspired me to get back on my bike after many years. I was doing triathlon for a long time in Japan and hadn't been on my bike. It's very dusty, decent bike, but very dusty. So I got it fixed up and got out. On the yeah. road now, it's warming up, and I don't have much of an excuse. Got to get out there again. Oh, you don't. <laughs> so, and, and um, Ross, Ross has joined from South Aussie Land. Thanks for joining, Ross, and she gave an award. Thank you so much. And Sean says it's a family, a community, and it's a life—an amazing way to bring people together to share new experiences. Absolutely, right. Sean. Yeah, so Sean is um, one of those people who I've also met through cycling and, um, you know, I'm actually going to put a photo of him up. He doesn't know that I've got this, but um, <laughs> I stole that off his Instagram page. <laughs> but, you know, Sean um, and I met again online and I was captivated by his photographs of Tokushima. And at the time he was doing lots of posts about ride Tokushima and he's a crazy keen cyclist. And um, I, I contacted him because I said, I really want to know more about this Tokushima and riding there. So eventually my, my husband and I actually went there and we, we caught up with Sean. And um, unfortunately, it was raining on the day we caught up, so we didn't get to ride. But we've stayed in touch ever since. And I have some really long and fabulous conversations with Sean about all kinds of stuff. And um, our latest thing at the moment is we're talking cameras and um you know, equipment and things like that. But also he has this um, awesome pink bike, which I am so desperate to have. Um, but unfortunately, it needs to go in a, a clothes dryer, I think. It needs to be shrunk a couple of sizes for it to fit me. So, <laughs> yeah, you've got a beautiful pink bike. What are you talking I about? Do. I do. I have a wonderful pink bike. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you also have the other photos from your tour. Do you want to introduce the other photos? Yeah, so I'd love to go through some of them. Um, that one that you've just put up was, um, that's one of our Wheel Women coaches, Susan, and um, meeting a couple of the girls from the Voyage Cycling Group. So um, when we go to Japan, what I do try and do is uh, get in touch with as many of the local cyclists that I know so that we can ride with the people from Japan so we're not limiting ourselves to just, um, you know, having this outsider's view of Japan. I try and get in touch with as many people who are willing to come along and ride with us. And that photo there with um, Aki in the black, um, Aki Nomura has been wonderful in, in introducing me to lots and lots of cyclists. And, in fact, on that particular day he was our tour guide um, for a big ride we did. We had probably... Oh, I think there must have been 40 women cyclists and uh, we were all riding around Shimanami. We had so much fun that day and we had lunch afterwards and uh, 
I've stayed in touch with Aki and uh, last time I was there in October of 2019, we had a ride together. Um, Aki's a wonderful, wonderful musician. And again, you know, one of those people that I meet and think, I would never have met him if I didn't get on my bike. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You were also talking, I think on your website, you talk about uh, getting over some health issues as mm -hmm. one of the reasons you started cycling. Is that right? Yeah. So that was, that was pretty weird. Um, I, I, I'd always sort of been concerned about this idea of having mature onset diabetes because I had gestational diabetes when my, when I was pregnant and I figured that I probably should start cycling, but more so um, my father died when he was 52 from a massive heart attack and I was only 12 years old when that happened so it was a pretty devastating experience to um, have that happen at such a young age but also to grow up with no you know basically in a single parent family and as I got older I started to think more about gosh you know I'm approaching my 50s I really want to make 52. I want to outlive my father and I don't want that to happen to my family. I don't want that knock on the door um, for my family. And so the cycling was something that um, I guess I was doing it because I enjoyed it, but I didn't realise the incredible benefits that I was getting from it. And um, pretty soon after I started, you know, I, the weight started to drop off. I started to feel healthier and fitter and um Clearly, it had some huge benefits for me from from that point of view. But um, and certainly the you know the the thought of mature onset diabetes is long gone because um, you know I get tested regularly and I'm just completely you know out of the zone for that now, which is fantastic. Um, That's but wonderful. That's yeah, but, yeah, it's pretty cool, and I feel good about that. But unfortunately, genetics caught up with me. And I found out, uh, gosh, I think it's two two years ago now. I found out that actually I had the same heart condition that my probably the what my father had. Obviously, we don't know because it was such a long time ago, and they didn't know about some of these things. But uh, yeah, I have this same condition, and it turned out I had a fifty percent blockage in my heart. So, um, and it was only picked up because um you know they did i did all these stress tests running on treadmills and everything and they said ah oh, you're fine not a problem um uh, because you know i just keep powering on on the treadmill and they thought i was so super fit but it wasn't until they actually did this test where they put the dye in you and they watch you under a big scanner and then they saw in my heart that there was this blockage and yeah and they said wow you know this is pretty um pretty serious because it could get worse so from that day on, I was put on medication and um, the cardiolo cardiologists all said to me, you can't stop moving. You just have to keep moving all the time and, um, you know, don't be one of those people that sits back and thinks, oh, it's too cold or it's too whatever. Keep riding that bike. So I have been. And um, last time I had a checkup with the cardiologist, she said my heart's like a 20-year-old. So even though, you know, the thoughts of these blockages and everything is still there and the threat of that stuff. Um, she said, I'm just so super fit and strong and um, just keep doing what you're doing. So that's, that's what great. I do. Well, that's yeah. great. And it's, it's better to be informed of your risk factors and be yeah. able to adjust your life accordingly and go forward in a positive way 
That's awesome. Yeah, and I, I think also what, since I found out, I, I probably cycle more. Um, and I cycle more because I was really lucky that I was actually, um, I've been using a, a specialised e-road bike for the last two years as well. And um, a lot of people say, oh, e-bike, you know, cheats bike. And, um, you know, if I use one, I'll lose my fitness. But to the contrary, uh, there's a lot of reports coming out now that people who are using e-bikes are actually fitter and getting more benefit. And one of the reasons is that they cycle more often, but they they also cycle further. And I'm living proof of that because in the last couple of years, I've increased my cycling, certainly, even though I was still cycling a lot um, anyway, but I've increased it. But I'm so much fitter because um basically what's happening is though it's an e-bike after 25 k's an hour i'm pushing a 15 kilo bike but when i'm riding with my husband and he wants to go at you know 30 or 32 k's an hour that's me power pushing the bike you know a 15 kilo bike to keep up with him so i'm so much fitter for it and so the last two years i i think um my fitness has really improved and certainly um, that was reflected in um, the last tests with the cardiologist as well, and she was really amazed. So, yeah. Wow. Cool. Oh, yeah. That's great. I mean, it might get you out the door easier if you know you've got the electric assistance when you need it, like if you've got a few yeah. hills around your place or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And for, for me, I felt like it gave me a bit of a... Um, I guess a safety net in a way that if I did feel as though, you know, oh, this is not so great and maybe I'm not feeling great about this hill or, you know, my heart rate seemed to be too high, um, it, it felt safe for me to have it even though I rarely, rarely use, um, you know, the, the full power. But I think the biggest thing for me is it's just so much damn fun. I can't keep off that bike. I just every day when even before but I was talking to you, I need, need for speed, right? Yeah. And it, before I was online with you, I actually thought, oh, great, I've got some time. And I zipped out and did a quick 30K ride. And um, That is awesome. You know, it's just, it's just too much fun. I can't stay off it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And then you, you also do training inside sometimes, like if the weather's bad, right? Like... When you when you did your great Japan video where you're speaking Japanese and riding through Melbourne as if it's the Shimanami Kaido in Japan, and I think that's how I reached out to you because I just I loved the idea of not being able to be in Japan but wanting to be in Japan so much that you found an area around your local area that kind of looked like it, and you were doing it all in Japanese, and I was so impressed. It was awesome. Yeah, that was a little bit of that was moment, a moment of craziness during lockdown. I think I had to do something, but having a project in in such dire circumstances was actually really great. But yeah. again, you know, it was it was proof of the fact that bikes lead you into all kinds of strange places, and to think that I, you know. Um, the bike has led me to start learning Japanese really seriously. It's led me to meeting all these fantastic people in Japan. It's led me to even be doing um, what's called monitor tours in Japan. So you go over and you um, you might work with a government organisation and you do a tour that they've set and they ask you for feedback and to look at places and, um, you, you know, they try and encourage you to bring more people over. So I've done some of those as well. and. 
I would never have expected that that kind of thing would happen to me just because I ride a bicycle. But strange things happen, don't they? <laughs> yeah. No, it's awesome. Yeah. It has opened new roads for you. Yeah. Now, not only new doors, but new roads have opened. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to go back to one of these um, photographs. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm just whizzing through trying to find where it is. Uh, which <laughs> yeah, I can help you. You got it? Yeah, I got, I've got this one. And actually, I'm going to put this one up too. So um, this is my friend Hiro. And uh, Hiro actually lives in Hokkaido. He's often called Hiro Hokkaido. And he's a fantastic um, tour guide. He works as a um, ski instructor during winter and as a cycling tour guide during summer. So, of course, he's had a pretty tough year last year because um, so much work has just totally faded away. But he also works as a consultant for governments as well. Um, he's a very dear friend of mine. We, we talk very often. And, and yes, today it is his birthday. So Yay, happy birthday, Hiro. Yeah. And those photos are us in uh, Okinawa. So I did a nice. tour with him. And uh, I thought tonight, um, you know, we're planning a, a, a just an ordinary kind of meal here, but I have some Okinawa beer in the fridge and I'm going to drink it on his behalf. <laughs> in, in his honour. Yeah. Is yeah. that the hat from Okinawa, you said? Yes, it is. It is, yeah. So we had an awesome time cycling around uh, Okina Okinawa and uh, it was the first time I'd been there and uh, I loved it so much. It's such a beautiful place. I think logistically difficult for um, for us to get a group of people with their bikes there, but, um, yeah, I can't wait to go back and explore a little bit more. I thought it was just mm. so pretty. So pretty. Well, if you're flying, you could transfer at any of the major airports and straight to Okinawa Airport, right? It wouldn't be too difficult. Yeah, we touched on this uh, when we spoke with uh, you and um, Paul uh, in our talks about Shimanami. And, and one of the logistical issues is actually getting your bikes on the plane because there's all kinds of restrictions depending on the airline you go with about um, you know, what like size of case you domestic, have. Domestic restrictions, you mean? Uh, it's international and domestic. Oh, so, okay. yeah, it's just really tricky. So, and, and of course, sometimes what happens is that uh, you'll be using the international airline, but the domestic airlines baggage allowances are different. And so it all gets really tricky and um, difficult, but you know, we'll work it out. We'll, we'll get there. Um, we'll do it somehow, <laughs> even if we hire bikes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the, the bike hires, they are getting better quality. So yeah. So becoming a little bit more possible. Um, I interviewed a karate instructor and a guy who's doing karate with the masters in Okinawa and yeah. starting a special online uh, class seminar program. That was really fun. James. And uh, it made me really want to go to Okinawa. It looks so beautiful. Yeah, it was it was pretty special. Um, and this is another picture from that that same trip, riding oh, along the beach in Okinawa. Oh, how dreamy was that? <laughs> but, but what was really amazing, and um, I guess it kind of it kind of um, made me really think about, wow, this is a really tropical environment. Five minutes after that, it was pouring with rain. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's that's why everything's green. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like Hawaii. It often rains in Hawaii. That's why yeah. everything's so green. Yeah. And we often have rainbows because you have rain and sunshine like back to back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, this is another photo. I, we, we just touched on that idea of good bikes to hire. And uh, this is Arashi at uh, Waka, which um, Waka Cycle Taxi is this new business that's been set up in uh, on the Shimanami Kado. And it's a really great business idea. And uh, I saw um, Waka when Arashi was actually building it and getting it all together. I haven't seen it since it's been opened. And uh, we actually did a tour to, uh, uh, gosh, it was in October of 2019, and I actually went with a couple of girlfriends for a week cycling in uh, Onamichi. And one day it was actually uh, we went to Rabbit Island, um, Okunoshima and on the way home it got really wet and nasty and so our friends called Waka for us and Arashi came and picked us up in this beautiful van that was heated and we had blankets and we had wi-fi and they loaded all our bikes on and what a great you know thing we got this lift back to right to Onomichi where it needed to be it was so fantastic but the cool thing is that with Waka, um, he's now got accommodation right at the halfway point on the Shimanami Kado um, and really terrific accommodation too, plus, um, you know, cycling facilities. You can shower. Um, there's a cafe there as well. He's got a boat that he can take you from island to island if you need to, plus yeah. a couple of cars. I, um, I did a live stream from the cafe and we were, yeah. we were there a couple of weeks ago. It's yeah. awesome. I'd love yeah. to stay there. And some of the accommodation right near the water looks like igloos. Yeah. Uh, glamping, right? Glamorous yeah. camping. Yeah. And he, he has a fleet of, um, I believe he has a fleet of the specialised Creo e-bikes, which is what I ride, ride here in Melbourne. So, right. um, and, you know, what, what a great... Um, opportunity for some people to actually be able to do, to hire those sorts of bikes on the Shimanami because they, um, you know, they're kind of game changers, those bikes, and particularly for some people who, who feel as though it might actually be a little bit beyond their reach, um, being able to hire one of those bikes, wow, what a ride you'll have. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Um, Ayaka has joined from Facebook. She says, hi, Tina. Hi, Joy-san. I love the way you present the images. Thanks, Ayaka. Oh, great thank to have you, you here. Awesome. Now, I have to come back to some photos here. I'm I'm just going to take yeah, this off um, because there's a very special friend that I have in um, Onamichi. I just need to scroll through and find our picture um, who's been just amazing and uh, such a wonderful, wonderful person. There's um, Atsuko and her husband, Suyoshi. And uh, Atsuko is a very special friend. And, uh, gosh, there's another photo here if I can just scroll through and see if I can find it for you because I actually met um, Atsuko on the bike path of all places. And, um, you know, again, it's one of those things where you kind of feel like, you know, how would I how would I ever imagine just being on a bike path in the middle of some small town in Japan, which is on the Shimanami Kaido, on an island in the middle of nowhere, and I start chatting to this lady about 
hey, I like your bike. It's a nice bike. And it happened to be a similar bike to mine that I have in Melbourne. I was riding a high bike at the time. And lo and behold, she spoke a bit of English. And so we struck up this conversation and we've been friends ever since. And um, now, in fact, Atsuko teaches me Japanese every week and I have a lesson. Yeah, I have a lesson with her each week. And all we talk about is bikes and riding, so <laughs> which is fun. Um, and that's her husband, Tsuyoshi. And Tsuyoshi actually runs a um, bike shop in Fukuyama. And, um, of course, because I'm a specialised ambassador here in Melbourne, um, his store is a specialised, um, they, they sell specialised bikes. And so it's been a really fantastic and kind of um, weird relationship that it was just such a fluke that we met. So Atsuko is a, you know, a very dear and special friend to me. And, um, yeah, how wonderful to meet somebody on the bike path and, you know, yeah, we're, we're really great friends. <laughs> and you you have to introduce your kit that you, do you design it? Because the designs are so awesome yeah so i do design it um so i guess you know some things die hard don't they once a designer always a designer so um yeah i, I love having the opportunity to actually design the kit for wheel women and um yeah we have some pretty cool looking ones all of the japan kit that we wear i design that as well for so every time we do a tour we have a special kit that we wear for the tour um so this one that you can see here is uh that was for the 2018 tour uh but there's a oh here's another one the one that we from the bicycle temple we had a different kit so the blue with the um we had lots of um sakura on it and it was a very spring themed kit whereas the purple one above was actually very autumn themed so we had a black version and a kind of you know deep cherry color with lots of momiji on it um but we also had um our very first tour uh this kit uh and it's a little bit tricky to see that up close i'm just going to take these ones off so that you can see it a little bit closer uh so that pale pink one we had um it was kind of what i was trying to do was represent the when you look across the islands you get this amazing um kind of layering of colors and the depth of it and but that beautiful pink sky that fades into the islands and um, it just kind of has this endless horizon and I was trying to replicate a little bit of that. So the kids are always inspired by something to do with um, Japan or, or the Shimanami. I love it. And I had the, the purple one and I had done a ride and I was resting by the riverside and a Japanese couple went by and said, Tina? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's such a small world. And I said, I'm no, I'm not Tina, but this is from Tina. You know, it was so wild. That's very funny. <laughs> so your design is famous even in Japan, even in Hiroshima. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty funny. So, um, yeah, look, I, it's it's a really fun thing to be able to do. And actually, there are quite a few women at Wheel Women who say, I, I really want to do the Japan tour. Not because I want to go to Japan. I just want the kit. 
Uh, you you when I got it from you, it was like the not the normal bike shorts. It was a bib, and it was the first time I'd worn a bib um, instead of just the shorts. So it it comes all the way up. I don't know yeah. if, if everybody understands what I'm talking about, but it was so much more comfortable. I appreciate that. I love it. It gets me out cycling faster than if I just have the shorts in the top, especially if you're gaining a bit of weight and you feel a bit uncomfortable, like it's going to ride up. And yeah. with the bib, you just feel so much more comfortable that you're not showing everybody a bit too much when they're following in the car behind, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that, you know, that is just so, I think that'll resonate with a lot of women who might be listening because, you know, we talk about kit so often and one of the things I think, especially, you know, if you do, if you are, a, you know, say a larger woman, I am, um, bibs are so much more comfortable because when you've got shorts they kind of cut into your waist and then you get rolls where you don't want them and um you know they can ride up or they can ride down and you always kind of hitching them around but the bibs they just kind of give you this nice smooth line and they stay where they're meant to stay and um once you wear them i think you stick with them i think bibs are way better for cycling so much more comfortable and of course the will women ones have a clip up on the back of them so that if you need to have a um, quick escape for the the bathroom um, you don't have to take your top off to get the straps down or anything you just unhook at the back so that's a new thing that we've added to the bibs recently oh nice mm. yeah because i i noticed that when i went snowboarding with my kids a few years ago that having a bib snowboarding is also a very good idea but this was the first time um, I had tried it for cycling and it was really so much more comfortable. I just felt so much more relaxed when I was cycling. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I just don't bother with shorts anymore. Yeah. Um, bibs are way better, even in the yeah. long. Yeah. It's Beautiful. Awesome. Mm. Um, is there any other photos you wanted to go through? Uh, no, Where is this one? Is this Okinawa? Also a beach area or is that Shimanami? Yeah, no, that's Shimanami. So that's uh, um, the same uh, 2017 tour and we did a ride with lots of the local women and oh, that was just so lovely and we had, um, you know, we had a, a wonderful lunch afterwards. Uh, you know, we I don't even remember how far we rode but I'm pretty sure it was on... I th actually, I, I do remember. It was from Satoda back to Onomichi. And, uh, yeah, we just we had a blast with the local women. We really did. And then we had this big lunch afterwards in um, the little cafe that's on the wharf in Onomichi. And uh, that photo in the top, uh, the top of the screen uh, with the group of us in the cafe, um, <clears throat> The other lady in there is Natasha, one of our coaches at Will Women. And Natasha, like me, is just completely and totally in love with Japan and can't wait to go back there. And also a big shout-out to Natasha too because she's been with Will Women from the very early days. And, in fact, 
Um, it's kind of a weird story. She is the coach who taught me to be a coach. And um, after Will Women had started and been going for a little bit, she came to me and said, I really want to work with you and I really want to coach at Will Women. And um, I was so so honoured and so flattered because when she taught me, I thought, oh, wow. And I was looking up to her thinking this woman knows just so much and it's awesome. And now we're great friends and we talk about Japan things all the time and, you know, as soon as there's a, a Haruki Murakami book out, we're both, you know, first to the bookshop to grab it and read it. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I interviewed Nick Bradley the other day, and he wrote a book very much in the same style as Murakami. It's not the same as Murakami, but a lot of different tales in Tokyo. So you have to check that out, The Cat and the City. Ah, that was awesome. awesome. Okay. But I'm, I'm very, we've only got a few minutes left. See, you were worried about talking mm -hmm. for an hour, you know. <laughs> well, I, guess, I guess when it comes to women's cycling, I can talk for hours about women and bikes, but I can also yeah, talk about cycling but I'm really excited now that you're on HAPS. I'm excited to see you here and multi-streaming and doing some of the great videos that you do when you're out and about in Melbourne on your bike with Wheel Women. So, yeah, it's exciting that you're here. It's awesome. It is. And thank you so much for helping me. And, um, and also just, um, you know, for staying in touch and introducing me to so many other people in Japan that I've met since I met you. It's like this kind of little world that just, you know, spreads its fingers in strange ways into different places. And um, it's been really awesome. And, I, of course, I always just love being able to talk about um, cycling in Japan with you oh, and with Paul as well. So. And vice versa. You have introduced me to so many wonderful women in Melbourne mm. who have a great Japan connection through sake or cooking yeah. or lots of things. So it's it's just wonderful to be able to collaborate no matter where we are. We have technology to talk across the seas. Why not use it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, there's such a a goldmine of um, people in Melbourne who have something to do with Japan and these unique little businesses and cool things happening, but um, also, you know, some really cool stuff happening with women's cycling and um, what we're doing at Wheel Women I think is always, it's always exciting for me. I hope it's exciting for other people and other women and, um, yeah, I hope that we'll be able to present some more stuff about what we're doing and maybe have some lessons on, on live stream as well. Wouldn't that be fun? I, yeah. I think that's great because it's so easy for people to follow along and then if they're if they're not getting it, they can ask questions, yeah. they can go back and look at what they're doing and comment on how to help them. I just think it's a great, great way to experience and network and help each other. It's awesome. Absolutely. I agree. Let's do more of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Okay. That was a great session. Thanks so much, Tina. Thank you so much, Joy. And that was awesome. Thank you, everybody, for joining. We Thank had you. some good people commenting yeah. and asking questions. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone, for joining in. I hope they join in again next time. Yeah. And if anybody is following uh, my channel, Tomorrow, 5 p.m., talking with Laura Blackcall about remodeling an old Japanese house and travel in Japan. She's a tour guide, so that'll be fun. Fantastic. I'll we'll be yeah. tuning into that one. <laughs> How about you? Anything up and coming for you, Tina? Uh, yes. Yeah, so on Saturday, we're starting out the first of our uh, 
on-road confidence classes. So we have uh, my dog is in the background crying because he wants his dinner. And, um, and my cat is crying yeah. behind me. So we have uh, the first of the two-week course of uh, Confidence on the Road um, that starts on Saturday. And uh, I've also just done um, some filming for a little project and hopefully that'll be um i i wasn't doing the filming i was filmed riding my bike and that's a project that i hope will be coming out probably end of may it could be a little bit later but i think it'll be a really exciting project and um it'll be a fantastic um little clip i i already know that so <laughs> can't wait I for saw, that one. i saw a little preview of that on your instagram page yeah i believe is that right very exciting Yes, it is very exciting, but it's a little bit secret too. <laughs> yeah, if anybody wants to see a preview of the photographer and Tina, it's on Tina's Wheel Woman Instagram page under tagged. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Tina. Okay. Thanks so much. That was lots of fun. Yeah, thank you, Joy. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. If you want to learn more about the work that I do, have a look at inboundambassador.com. You can also sponsor the work that I'm doing on the YouTube channel, Patreon, Buy Me a Coffee, Coffee, or Haps. Have a great day. <laughs>